Welcome to the Systems and Workflow Magic Podcast, where I help entrepreneurs go from scattered to streamlined in their creative businesses. I'm your host, Dolly DeLong, a wife, a mom, and a photographer turned systems educator. Join me every week as we have conversations centered around creating tactical workflows and automations in your business. Now, let's make some strategic workflow magic. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Systems and Workflow Magic Podcast. I am your systems and workflow guide and BFF, Dolly DeLong, and I am so excited to get to feature another amazing contributor of the Systems and Workflow Magic Bundle, which, by the way, is coming up so soon. So as you may or may not know, if you are a new time listener or an OG listener, I am having a series and it's featuring the contributors of the Systems and Workflow Magic Bundle, the launch edition. So all of the contributors in this series, they all are talking about a different aspect of launching. So if you're launching a digital product or if you're launching a service, like what puzzle pieces should you consider having in place for a quote unquote successful for you launch strategy. And so today I get a chat with Gleneth Reed of the visibility method and a little formal introduction about Gleneth before she comes on. She is an SEO, Google ads, and online marketing expert who works with small businesses and online entrepreneurs. Her goal is to help your business get visible on Google so you can attract new customers and become more profitable. We all would love that. Now, she lives in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is a couple of hours away from Nashville, and her hobbies include weightlifting, online shopping, and all things tech and gadgets. Now, formal introductions aside, I wanted to give a warm welcome to Gleneth, who I feel like I know because of the power and the connection of Instagram, but this is our first time meeting, thanks to Zoom, and I was just telling Gleneth before we hit record, I'm so happy she's here, and I'm so happy she's going to be chatting with us today on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much. I am so excited to meet you and get to talk to you about this. Yes. Okay. Can Before we dive into the heart of the topic, first of all, weightlifting, tell me about that. I just really like weightlifting because I feel so strong when I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, cardio, just I get the benefits of cardio and I still do it. But I like going in there and getting that pump on, seeing how much I can lift, seeing if I can beat last month, last year, whatever. And for women, as we age, strength training actually is more and more important. And so I joked to my trainer that I want to be the strongest person in the assisted living home. <laughs> That's my goal. I just need to stay strong for life. So I'm out there three times a week, lifting, doing what I can. That is so, Gleneth, that is a really good goal, I think. That's an awesome goal to the strongest person is in assisted living. Well, I know it's going to come true for sure. For sure. Glennis, I am seriously so thrilled you are here and I am pumped about you sharing more about the strategy for Google 
ad campaigns when it comes to utilizing that for a launch strategy. I know that's a bit more advanced. So if you're listening in and you're brand new, please don't tune us out because this might be a strategy you decide to use later on down the line once you know your business a little more intimately. But if you are more intermediate, advanced in your business, like this episode is for you. And I am so excited to dive into this topic. And before we dive into the meat of this episode, do you mind sharing, okay, two things, Glennis, like what got you into Google ads, like as the Google ads expert, because that's so specific. What made you want to do this? So I actually started working at an internet marketing agency in 2011, and I went in to do website, more content editing, social, and I just picked it up. I was like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. And I liked it because it's different for every different client, yet it's the same, if that makes sense. And I've always made a point of working with a large variety of clients instead of niching down. Mm -hmm. And so I've got experience across all sizes of businesses, industries, et cetera. And I can really see how Google ads can work for just about anyone. Wow. I love that so much. In like 2011, that was like, in terms of online, that's ages and age, like light years and light years and decades and decades ago. You know what I mean? Like, cause so much changes within a year of online business. And I'm sure you've seen like the landscape change so much from 2011 to re-recording this in 2023. It's amazing how much has changed. Some things that have stayed the same, Mm -hmm. but ultimately when people need an answer to a question or are looking for something, they go to Google. Yes. Uh, They're out there. They go to that Google search bar and they're searching. And the question is, is your product or service showing up? Mm. And you've really got two ways, either organically or paid. And honestly, if you can show up for both, even better. I love that. That's a great segue into this question. So before we like dive into your three points, like maybe introduce some foundational knowledge of why Google ads are important to use, like what they are, et cetera, like for a listener who, okay, is brand new just to the concept of search engine optimization. So Google ads are important to use and how that works is you are bidding on a keyword. You are saying, if somebody types in this search term or search phrase, I would like to show up here on the first page, and I'm willing to spend X amount of money per click. And then you're essentially put into an auction against other people who are bidding on the search term. The goal being that you show up at the top of the page above the organic listings. This is really great if maybe you're just beginning and you know you're not showing up in organic. So it's a quick way to get at the top of search engine results. Um, It's also, if you know you're showing up on the first page, but maybe you're just in a really competitive market and showing up twice on the first page wouldn't hurt and you've got the budget, let's show up twice so people can. And the best thing about Google Ads that I think people don't realize is you can tell it what words you don't want to show up for. Those are negative keywords. And a lot of people who come to me and say, 
oh, I've tried Google ads before. That just didn't work for me. I wasted a lot of money. My first question to them is, how many negative keywords did you have? And 99% of them have said to me, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, because I don't know what you're talking about when you say name. That's the problem. Google's taking a lot of liberty with key phrases these days. So you have to tell it, I don't want to show up if people are searching for these words. Like, you probably don't want to show up if somebody's searching for Amazon. Or you're selling a product. You're not giving it for free unless you're advertising your freebie. But if you are selling something, free is a fantastic keyword. Because if they're searching for free such and such, they are not your ideal client. So you should have tons more negative keywords than the actual keywords that you're bidding on. And most people just don't understand this and don't get that concept. And then Google ads can actually waste money for you. And we don't want that. We want you to get the best bang for your buck with Google. So setting up the campaign the correct way is key and don't ever tip. Don't ever set up a campaign as a smart campaign. Like when Google just goes, oh, do you want me to walk you through it? No, you do not. (laughs) Because you will not have the control over it that you would if you set it up in their advanced way. Gotcha. No, that's a good little nugget. And for those of you who are listening, I meant to say this at the very beginning of the episode, but be sure to re-listen to this episode because I know Gleneth is going to be going over a lot of more intermediate to advanced strategies, especially when it comes to utilizing Google for your launch strategy. So you will want to take notes and, and you will want to re-listen to this over and over again. Okay, so you spoke about negative keywords and lots of people not understanding it and then not doing a smart campaign. Okay, let's peel that back even more. What is, okay, I I know I keep on saying before we start our conversation about launching, but I just want to know like for a person who's listening in and they're like, okay, what is the difference between Google ads and meta ads? I love this question. Yeah. And trust me when I say both of them can work, and I think they can work very well together. To me, meta ads is what I call passive advertising. You are hoping to show up in somebody's feed when they are thinking about your product, when they maybe have had an interest, maybe they've searched something else, and you show up at the right time when they are ready to buy or ready to learn some more information. Google ads, I consider more active advertising. They have sat down, they've gone to Google, they are actively typing a search phrase or keyword or question, and you hope that your product or service can solve it. So they're already a slightly warmer lead than the person on Facebook or Instagram who might see your ad. But they can both work because people are on social scrolling But if they see it and they don't remember it, they may then turn to Google. Gotcha. I love that analogy so much. I'm really, really happy I asked you that because like I might like using myself as an example. I don't know if you know this, but I am a photographer. And in addition, I'm also a systems and workflow educator. So for the photography side of my business, I have dabbled a little bit in meta ads and I'm like, 
yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing or if I've been guided through it. I still like it's so saturated and it's so overwhelming and I don't have a million dollars a day to spend on meta ads. But the way you're describing it, like a lot of my clients who find me are finding me on Google because I do tend to create a lot of long form content for blogging and I want to be searchable for certain key terms. And I love that you're reminding the listeners like these are is in an intentional advertising space. Like when somebody types in Nashville branding photographer, you want to be the first one to show up. So that's really, that's a good analogy. Thank you for clarifying that. You're welcome. Yeah, that's, and again, they can work very well together. Yeah. But Google is a little bit warmer audience because they are doing the searching. They are searching for you. Can they find you? Gotcha. Okay. So this kind of is a really good segue into the heart of this podcast episode, which is all about, okay, how do you utilize Google ads or Google in relation to launching? So let's say you are planning to launch a digital product or a service, or you're planning on, you've always launched this, but you're planning on revamping a launch for a certain time of year. How we're going to talk about how to utilize a Google ad campaign for this very purpose. So do you mind talking with us about why having analytics set up before launching is important? What do you mean by that? So before you launch, you should have Google Analytics and it's now Google Analytics 4 or GA4 set up on both your website and whatever landing page software you might be using. Everything might be going through your website or another site or both, but you need to have Google Analytics tracking both sites. And the reason being, you want to see where your traffic is coming from. GA4, we're just going to call it that, will show you, is it coming from organic? Is it coming from organic social? Is it a paid advertising? Is it a referral? And then it will give you all the data, like how long are they staying on site? Are they taking any action on site? And the other thing you want to have set up is your conversions. And you can think about conversions as your funnel. Maybe you have the sales page to a checkout page to a funnel. If you make everything a step as in a conversion step within analytics, you could then see where you're dropping off. Maybe, and it could be as simple as if 50 people begin the checkout process and three people actually check out, you've got a problem somewhere between adding to the cart and checking out. Is it your pricing? Is it maybe shipping? Is there actually just something wrong that you've not tested all the way through that people can't finish the checkout? But if you don't have this information, you're not going to know. If you're putting, let's say you're going to put $500 behind Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest ads each. At the end of your funnel, if you've got everything set up, you will be able to see, okay, Facebook ads brought in this many conversions, Instagram this many, and Pinterest this many. And then for your next launch, you are able to make better decisions. 
maybe one of them just totally outperformed the other two. And now you say, okay, I'm going to spend that 1500 with this one and try to make this next launch even better. But if you don't set up these analytics to get that data, you're not going to know. And putting it in a form for asking people, how did you find me? They're not really going to remember, or they're not going to remember that first point of remembering you. So letting the internet track it for you is the best case. I love that. Do you mind sharing with the listeners like when, even if they don't, I know I've shared this so many times, but I think having another voice who's an actual expert in tracking and setting up systems in Google Analytics say this too, but I always say, even if you don't have a launch planned out, you're not planning on doing anything, you should still have analytics set up. Is that true or false? I I know you're shaking your head. That's true. But people, you need to hear this. Absolutely. You should have analytics set up on your website and then any type of landing page software that you're also using so that you can consistently get data. Because even if you're not in the middle of a launch, you can look at the data and say, where are people finding me? What are they doing? Are they spending time on page? If they get to your sales page that's 30 some pages long and they're spending two seconds on it, one, we know they're not actually reading it. And two, what's the problem? Is it that it's too long? Is it that it's not loading properly because it's too long? You'll be able to get information to make everything better and improve if you have that data. If not, you're truly just guessing at it. That's so good. Thank you so much for sharing that because I feel like sometimes like when you alone as a person are saying something over and over to someone and they're like, no, that's not true. But you guys, it's so true. It should be, even if you don't have any future campaigns in mind, two or three years from now, you don't know your business may grow. You may decide, hey, I'm going to offer education or I'm going to offer this specific one-on-one service. And I would love to know how to track it or redirect people to it, or you just need to start collecting the data now. And the sooner, the better. Can I ask you an off-the-cuff question, Glenna? I'm going to go into my Google Analytics and I just want, I'm for the listeners who are like, okay, how do I find these tracking codes? Where would they go to within Google Analytics? I'm like going to mine right now. If you go to Google Analytics, and again, it's now Google Analytics 4, you're going to go down to admin, which is the little bitty gear shift in the lower left-hand corner. Oftentimes it's hidden by something else on your screen. Here, I'm going to share my screen with you so you can see what I'm doing. See, it's coming up right now. I see at the bottom, admin. Yes. And then I go into just account settings. So instead of account settings, you're going to go to set up assistant. And then the very top box says collect website and app data. And you're going to click the little arrow and say manage data streams. And then you're going to see data streams. And it should tell you like receiving traffic in past 48 hours if you've got it set up. And if you click on the little box, it'll give you all the details you need to know about what your measurement ID is and how to set it up. 
That's awesome. And I just wanted the listeners to know like, where would be a good starting point? Okay, where can I find this? And then you said to put this on, I know the answer to this, but put it on your very vital pages that you want to be tracked. Yes. And if you are using a different software, Kajabi, Kartra, Member Vault, all the different ones, if you will just Google install GA4 on and the software name, they all have help files. Trust me, they suffered through this change as much as the rest of us did. <laughs> and they all have a help file on how to install GA4 on their software. Awesome. <laughs> This was not easy for us as business owners, nor was it easy for all the other softwares that deal with APIs and Google Analytics. So understand they're, they're as frustrated as you. It is very new. Things are not the same. We're all in a learning phase. We're actually only in month three of just GA4 at the time of recording this. I'm hoping by next summer, we'll all feel a little bit better about this. <laughs> We're all in this together, y'all. Yes. We are just yeah. walking with each other in this. So it's a great reminder. Thank you for letting me go off on a tangent and ask you for kind of like navigation on how to navigate to find that tracking code. And thank you for sharing that point. Hey, type in Google, <laughs> no pun intended, type in Google your web hosting platform and how to install GA4 in it. And, and then the other thing to do is when you get your funnel ready to go, test it yourself. Go through it a couple of times and make sure you're seeing all those pages hit, that you're getting the conversions. Test all of that and then go look in Google Analytics. Have a couple friends do it. Do a test price of a dollar and have everybody walk through these steps so you can make sure your tracking is actually working. I see, especially these past few months, people have said, oh, I have analytics set up and they'll send it to me and they don't actually have it set up and tracking. And they think they've been tracking for months and they have zero data. Oh, and so man. that we're really starting at ground zero yeah. to start gathering some data to see what's working and what's not. Gotcha. That's a good point as well. Now I'm like, oh, do I have it all set up? Now I'm going to double check everything. All right. So going into that, knowing the importance of having your analytics set up way before your launch so you can start pre-collecting data. And then point two you, you shared is why optimizing your sales page for organic is a good idea. So you have the opportunity to make any web page optimized for SEO or the search engines. So take advantage of that. Because remember, people may see you in different places on different social media platforms. They may hear about you from other people mentioning you, and you want to be able to be found. And so if you think that your people are going to hear the name of your product or maybe your name, and maybe neither of those are showing up right now, then optimize that landing page for those keywords. So that hope, and go ahead and do it. Don't wait to the last minute. Google can take three months to really crawl index and it can take three to 12 months for SEO to really start having an impact. Go ahead, do it now because it can't hurt and it can only help you. And again, 
even if you're running Google ads, if you're showing up twice on that first page, people are going to go, oh, that really is what I want because they're going to see you twice. You now have that much more real estate on the search engine results page. Hey, fellow entrepreneurs and creatives, I've got a little secret to share with you today, an exclusive private podcast that will change how you think about launching. I am so excited to share with you how to plan out your first or next digital product launch, a look into the four different launch phases. Now, this is not your average podcast. It's a private podcast designed to give you insider insight into the intricate world of launching. Because there are so many moving puzzle pieces of launching, and I know launching can be overwhelming to the business owner who doesn't have an entire team working for them. Here's the catch. This podcast is private. The only way to unlock this wealth of launching knowledge is by signing up. Yes, you heard me right. It's a secret private podcast. Your VIP pass is waiting for you in the show notes, and all you have to do is sign up to get exclusive access. Over four days, we'll dive deep into the different phases of launching, breaking down the complexities and helping you uncomplicate and untangle the entire launching process. It's like having a launch strategist or aka your systems and workflow BFF whispering secrets directly into your ear. But here's the thing. This is not available forever. It is a limited time podcast and the doors to this secret podcast will soon close. So if you're ready to revolutionize your approach to launching, you need to act fast. Now, how do you get on the secret? Super easy. Head on over to the show notes of this podcast or visit systemsandworkflowmagic.com forward slash private dash podcast to sign up. Once you're in, get ready for a journey that will transform the way you launch your ideas, your products into the world. I don't want you to miss out on this opportunity. I will see you inside. If you are listening to this episode live, I have some time sensitive news to share with you today. After listening to this week's episode, I really want you to head on over to the show notes and get on the wait list for the Systems and Workflow Magic Bundle, the 4.0 Launch Edition today. Yes, you heard me right. The popular bundle is back, but in 4.0 form. So if you are ready to sprinkle in some strategies and puzzle pieces and SOPs and workflows of learning how to apply launching into your business to better impact 2024 and hopefully beyond, get ready, my friend, because coming February 5th through February 9th of 2024, you are going to have access to over 28 plus experts who are going to be contributing different launching resources to help you grow in knowledge, understanding, and confidence in how to implement launching in your own business. Now, this bundle includes resources that will help you out with the puzzle pieces of planning out your own launch to pre-launch planning, to actual launch week planning, to what the heck to do after the post-launch, because there are different phases. I 
specifically dreamed up this bundle after witnessing and hearing so many creative-minded business owners struggle with knowing where to begin in the planning process of launching a service or digital product. Or maybe you have a product or service and you don't understand all the moving parts involved in launching. Or maybe you just feel overwhelmed and you want guidance with where to begin. Either way, this bundle is chock full of resources, mini courses, templates, blueprints, all with the mission of helping you get started with launching. And yes, especially if you are a team of one and are running the show on your own. So you don't want to miss out on the Systems and Workflow Magic Bundle, the 4.0 launch edition. So head on over to systemsandworkflowmagic.com to get on the wait list or head over to the show notes today. Let me ask you this question. Is 2024 the year you learn more about launching and how to apply the principles and strategies of launching to your own business? I certainly hope so. And as always, stay streamlined and strategic with your workflows, your SOPs, and strategies, you amazing muggle you. I'll see you in the launch bundle. Can you give an example of, I guess I can ask you this at the very end, because I know that you are going to talk about how running Google ads could help with your launch, but I wanted if you have any examples of your clients running ads during a launch to a digital product versus a service-based launch, does that make sense? Or like a group program mastermind? Digital products, just make sure when you're running Google ads that you're thinking like the person at the, I almost called it a typewriter. But <laughs> you're both. Thinking like the person at the keyboard, what words might they use? Mm -hmm. And while you don't need hundreds of keywords, because that's, you really want to get maybe 10 to 20 really tight keywords. It's not how you think it. Yes, you want to do your product name because you want to show up for your product name, but also think about what people might be searching for or what problem it is solving. Mm -hmm. And do Google ads around those okay, uh, and just send it to that page. The thing you have to make sure of is that the keywords that you're bidding on, essentially, this is an auction, keywords that we're bidding on are in the ad somewhere. So when you write the ad, you want to make sure you're using some or all of those keywords within different places in the ad, but then that they're relevant to the landing page. Okay. So you can't bid on 10 phrases and none of them be on your landing page. Google's going to go, no. And it's just <laughs> not going to show it. They really will. Absolutely. They're yeah. going to go, no, you need to. It's why you could bid on your competitor's name, but you're not going to put them in your ad and you're not going to put them on your landing page. So that would only work for a little while. So everything needs to be relevant. And it should, if you're bidding on the right terms, and if you're answering problems or solutions, educating, that should be mentioned on your landing page. Gotcha. What, what do you advise a person who is coming in, let's say 
a solo business owner, because a lot of my listeners are running the show on their own and they don't have a giant team working for them. They don't have necessarily a huge marketing budget, but how much would you propose a person start off with if they decided to do Google ads? always tell people that $10 a day is a great amount to start okay. with. Okay. Now, if that's even too much, and maybe we just want to make sure that we're showing up for the product name, go down to $5. If you just have $5 a day, then make sure you're bidding on your product name and your name so that you're popping up after they've seen you somewhere else and they're trying to remember and they go to Google and boom, you're right yeah. there. I love that so much. It's a really good reminder. So that kind of makes me go into kind of like your third and final point that you were going to share. Maybe we've already answered this, but can you expound upon how running Google ads could help your launch? Absolutely. It can help your launch in that if people are seeing you on social media, they're seeing your ads, they're seeing your organic social, and maybe right then, they can't click or can't go do anything about it, but they remember you, your product name, they're probably not going to go back to social because you, have you ever tried to find things again? Have you ever tried to yeah. find a social ad again? They're going to go to Google and type in what they can remember. So if you can show up when they're typing into Google, your product name, your name, et cetera, or the main problem you're solving, if you're advertising, maybe just on those three things, then they're going to get to you. So you didn't that say it was a Facebook ad they saw, that was actually beneficial. If you think of meta ads more for branding purposes, mm -hmm. and your goal with that is to be out there as much as possible to your ideal audience, and then think of Google as catching it and then leading them onto the landing page as they're ready, it can really benefit it. If you're not running Google ads and maybe you've not optimized it, you've not done anything. Some people even hide their sales pages from Google. What are you going to do? Where's that person going to go? That's so true. They're going to lose them as a customer mm -hmm. because you didn't think through the whole process. There's also a segment of the population that is not on social media. Mm -hmm. They still have the same problems, need the same solutions, need the same advice, education. They're just not on social media. And it's probably 25% of the population. And so you could lose out on those sales when that might be more of your ideal audience. That is so true. Thank you so much for bringing that up because we as creative business owners are so close to our business. Like we just see it's so close to our face. Like I know you all can't see me, but Glenneth can see me and I'm just like holding my hand right in front of my face. It's so close. And we forget, oh, our I there is a certain percentage, like you're sharing, of our ideal client that's not on social media. And we need to also make sure that we're casting a little wider net with our marketing and we are reaching them organically for Google purposes. And with Google ads, one of the best things is you can run during your launch and then turn off. But maybe you're going evergreen or want it on constantly, or maybe it just did well. 
And so maybe you open and close the cart, but you're willing for people to come in at any other time. Maybe you just leave Google Ads running at 5 to $10 a day. Now, I will say one thing to think about now, Google has just announced it, is they're starting to, with new advertisers, kind of limit the impressions in the beginning until they trust that advertiser, until they know it's going to a secure place and a safe landing page. And honestly, that advertisers are going to pay their bill. You might even want to start two or three weeks before you're actually needing those ads to just build that up, build up your reputation with Google, make sure you pay a few bills. <laughs> um, it It is. So you would think that billing with Google, it is automated and everything, but you would be amazed at how many people put in fake credit cards to get like the free and then cancel. So they have really changed over. I've now been doing this for 12 years. They've made a lot of changes because they have continued to have this problem where people don't pay them. Wow. That is so interesting. Of course, none of my listeners will do that. You guys should not do that. Don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. And, And they're very, one, you just stick a credit card in there and it bills them. But I guess people are putting fake ones in or canceling it after they run up some ad spend. And so Google will charge you on like your first $50, then your next $100, then your next $250. So they're building up that trust with that the credit card still working. But also one thing, especially when you're an advertiser and you're paying somebody to advertise, you think, oh, well, I'm Google's customer. Actually, we're not. Google considers their customer the person who is sitting down at the search bar looking for information. That is the person they are trying to make happy, not the advertiser, not the person working on SEO, none of that. It's the person at the search bar. Gotcha. I love that. That's a really good reminder. Glenneth, can I ask you another question? Okay. This kind of goes back to the negative keywords or search terms, but if a person is, okay, I know what my launch is. I know what when I want to launch. I know what I want to launch. I know what the theme of the launch is. How do I um, look up key terms that a person on Google would try to search for this answer? Because I know like I've heard it called Google is or SEO is like how you would search in Google for your XYZ Mm -hmm. answer. So how does a person actually look for those searchable key terms? The best way is to actually go to google.com and start typing in phrases. Type in what you might think and see what comes up. If you're getting close to your competitors, then you're in the right space. If what you Google brings up nothing related to what you thought, then keep looking. Look at the bottom because Google will do related search terms and you can go from there. And it's that trial and error. Now, while you're sitting here doing this and you're looking at headlines and URLs and everything, and you're like, oh no, that's not it. Guess what? You found some negative keywords. So start your, you know, you're working on finding those key phrases, but in the meantime, you're actually finding negative keywords as well. That's good. Do you have any recommendations of how a person can organize this for themselves or a way that you organize this for yourself? I always just bring up like a Google doc Mm -hmm. with a, you know, 
key phrases and then I keep a little sheet negative key phrases. And honestly, that will be more. You should be adding to your negative key phrase once you start running, especially in the beginning weekly. That should be your ultimate thing that you do within Google Ads is add negative keywords more than you add what keywords you're bidding on. Okay. Okay. Thank you. That's a good reminder too. Okay. Gleneth, I could just like pick your brain and pick your brain. And then you'd be like, Dolly, I have to invoice you because this is my job. So I will stop here, (laughs) but I want to kind of wrap up this episode in two ways. The first way is to remind everyone that like, if you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, because like, this was like a jam packed episode. And I feel like Gleneth literally opened up a can of Google, Google worms for us. Like we're going to be going down that rabbit trail of Google now after this episode. Uh, Gleneth, as a reminder, is going to be a part of the systems and workflow magic bundle, the 4.0 launch edition. So the theme of this bundle coming up in February, 2024 is all dedicated to showing you different puzzle pieces, different systems and workflows of launching and just a what like what certain roadmaps you might want to take and so she's going to be one of the amazing contributors and I am so excited to have her area of expertise be in like SEO Google ads because you might decide you might want to use this puzzle piece for your next launch and then a second thing I want to hit up is Glenneth like if a person wants to find you work with you, connect with you. Can you let my listeners know how they can connect with you and work with you? Absolutely. You can find me at my website, which is www.thevisibilitymethod.com. And all of the things are on there. Should be easy. To, you would hope I would make it easy to find for you. But the best place if you're on social media to find me is on Instagram at gleneth.com. And that's G-L-E-N-N-E-T-H-D-O-T-C-O-M. I love Instagram. That is my favorite social platform at the moment. So send me a message. Tell me you heard me here. Happy to talk to you about your business. And then if you just want to talk and see about how I could help you, there's a discover- There's a link to my calendar on my website, or I can shoot it to you. Schedule a call and let's just talk. Let's just talk and see. I love helping business owners succeed and get visible because that's really how you're going to make your money is if people know about you and they can find you. That's 100% true. So true. Gleneth, I wanted to say again, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast and thanks for being a part of the bundle. Like you all, like I was pitching to people. I have never met. Like I mostly know all of the contributors because of the power of social media and connection referrals. And Gleneth was referred to me and I was so nervous to pitch to Gleneth. I was like, she knows she's way above me. Like she is like too, she's way too advanced. And so she said, yes. And I, I was really happy. I was really happy you said yes. Well, thank you so much. I was so excited. I love doing things like this. And I actually love doing podcasts. And I feel I could talk about this forever. And people would just go, oh, that is just way too much. So yes, pause it, go back, listen to it again, stop, take notes. 
And then if you have any questions, just reach out. Yes, please do. And Glenneth is very approachable. She's very kind, very sweet. And you all, this is a fun fact, I think, about you, Glenneth. You posted a while back about coming to a Taylor Swift concert in Nashville. And you were like all dressed up. You were super cute. I was like, Glenneth is fun. She's a lot of fun. So she's also a Swifty. Didn't know that. I, I am a Swifty. I will say it was my first ever Taylor Swift concert yes. and I loved every minute of it. I am fortunate enough. I get to go next year to Miami. Wow. Look at her. <laughs> so we're going to turn that into a little vacation as well. Yes. Um, but yeah, just dressing up, having fun with friends, listening to good music and just, I love what I do. And I love also the flexibility that I could just take off and go see the concert and enjoy myself and come back and also know that my business is running in the background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Amen to that. Glenna, thank you so much again. And for those of you who are listening into this show, please know that everything that Glenneth and I discussed will be in the resources in the notes of this uh, podcast episode and in the corresponding blog. And don't forget, if you haven't yet already, sign up to be on the wait list for the Systems and Workflow Magic Bundle, their 4.0 version. It's all about the systems and workflows of launching. And I know that many business owners need to like help. They need help with having a launch plan or knowing like different launch methods. So I'm really excited about this bundle coming up and I cannot wait to to release it to the world in February. And as always, I hope you have a streamlined and amazing week. You amazing muggle you. I will come to you next week with another systems workflow and SOP related podcast. So until then, have an amazing week and I will talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Systems and Workflow Magic Podcast. You can find full show notes from today's episode at dollydelongphotography.com forward slash podcast. If you're loving the podcast, I'd be so honored if you'd subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. Be sure to screenshot this episode, share it to your stories, and tag me at dollydelongeducation over on Instagram. Until next time, go make some strategic workflow magic.